0: are you lonesome tonight do you miss me tonight are you sorry we drifted apart Does welcome to significant
1: lovers welcome we are your hosts my name is mel and i'm kel and thanks for joining us for cousins friends friends, friends. What else can we say? (laughs) We used to be Mm romance. We're co-hosts, creative partners. Neighbors, kind of? Kind of. Live in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, best of friends. Oh. Related. (laughs) Related. (laughs) And yeah, you might know us from our old podcast, Another Bite of Twilight, where we talked about Twilight. And now this is our fifth episode. Wow. Of this new podcast. And guys, this is a wicked long one so we're gonna waste it's no time we're gonna just go right into <laughs> it okay <laughs> so we might as well just start now yeah one minute in this is when james taylor met carly simon wow what what's your perception of their relationship kelly i don't really know anything mm-hmm. i
2: i guess that he was kind of a jerk or something
1: but I don't know anything else yeah yeah which it surprised me I mean I'm not gonna spoil it but he has such a soft voice and he's so like his music is so sweet yeah. so and he seems so gentle I really never knew anything about them their relationship and I would always get confused whether he was actually married to Carly Simon or Carol King but it's Carol S- uh. <laughs> It's Carol Simon. It's Carly. neither. <laughs> Carol Simon Carly was Simon. his long, uh, yeah, Carly Simon was his wife of several years. They had a beautiful relationship that I would describe as, yeah, bitter. Ooh. Um, I know, I guess that's not very beautiful. <laughs> they had a
2: beautiful <laughs> relationship. I would describe it as bitter. Bitter? Oh. <sighs> toxic
1: bitter toxic okay okay and this is gonna be a good episode heartbreaking i would oh, say and heartbreaking. but also very sweet at times so yeah I'll, it can be that way yeah exactly <laughs> um life. that's what made it so heartbreaking but yeah our boy james vernon taylor he was born on march 12th 1948 he was one of five Children, the second oldest, his dad Isaac, he was a doctor who I think is like kind of well known in medicine um, and later became the dean of medicine at the University of North Carolina. And his mom Gertrude Trudy, Hmm. she was like a painter and a weaver and a photographer. I think kind Hmm. of, I think, I don't know if that's like what she sounds cool. Yeah, I don't know if it's like what she did or if that was like (laughs) hobbies. Yeah, a part of being like a homemaker. I'm not sure. He was born in Boston, actually, he's a Boston boy.
2: Everybody connects.
1: I know, seriously. So many of our couples are Massachusetts based. Yeah, I didn't know that. And we're from Massachusetts, yeah. if you didn't know. <laughs> um, and but at age three, James's family relocated to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Mm. You might know the song "Carolina in My Mind." And they would still go back to Massachusetts though to spend the summers in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That will be significant. Um, I love
2: Martha's Vineyard. Yeah,
1: they're a big, big Martha's Vineyard family, the Taylors. Wow. At age seven, James's father actually went off on a two-year-long expedition to... Antarctica. Really? Mm-hmm. To do research there. Mm. When he returned, he was an alcoholic.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I Wait, bad. how long was it?
1: <laughs> um, for two years. Two years. Okay. I thought
2: for some reason I heard years. I thought months. I was no. Like, wow.
1: Two months. He became alcoholic.
2: Two years. Geez.
1: Um, that led to the breakdown of his parents' marriage, oh. which um, had a big impact on James. And later on in his life, I actually don't know how I know this, it's in my notes, but (laughs) I've read it somewhere, that in therapy sessions with his father, um, his father theorized that he subconsciously never loved James' mom because his own mother died during childbirth, and so he never let himself get attached to his wife.
2: What? Mm Mm-hmm kind of cruel I mean maybe it wasn't intentional but yeah
1: subconsciously <laughs> but so obviously James has a lot of like family trauma there growing up in Martha's Vineyard in the summers he met a guy named Danny Korchmar an aspiring guitarist and they became they began singing um folk music together in coffee shops as a duo mm-hmm. called Jamie and Koch as teenagers and during those teen years James really struggled. He went to a school called Milton Academy in Massachusetts, actually. It was a boarding school. Um, Mm -hmm. And he originally had really good grades, but he was really depressed and struggled a lot with the pressure of school and everything. And he would upwards of 20 times, 20 hours a day, like just sleep. Um, So when he was a teenager, he checked himself into McLean Hospital in Belmont, Massachusetts. Our aunt Christine Our aunt worked there. She worked there for <laughs> many years. Um, hi, Christine. Yeah. Uh, and he lived there for nine months, actually. Wow. And finished his school at the Arlington School, which is, I think, a school in the hospital, which is oh, crazy. Wow.
3: Um,
1: and he also wrote a ton of music while he was at McLean's. So that just goes to show if you're going through a tough time you know, something good can come yeah. out of it. And something beautiful. Yeah, and good for him for checking himself in. Yeah. I mean, that's... I feel like there probably was, like, a lot more stigma about that back in the day. I know. Um, That's weird. This will sound wrong, but it's, like, weirdly nice to hear
2: because, I don't know. I know. I just know. always think of... I know it's so not true at all, but I always think of stuff like that as, like, being a modern thing. Like, teens are depressed, you know. Yeah, exactly. No,
1: I mean, people have always been struggling. Yeah. I mean, you can, like, struggle and still, you know, be, like, very successful and a well-known musician and creative. Like, you don't have to be ashamed of it and, like, there's no, nothing wrong with getting yourself help, so
2: had um, kind of a better now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I probably could have.
1: <laughs> um, no. But actually, his bandmate, Danny encouraged him to check himself out of the hospital <laughs> after nine months. And so then they headed to New York and formed a band with their friend friends Joel O'Brien and Zachary Weisner called the Flying Machine. In New York, James really struggled and experimented with drugs. Oh, um, no. I know. He started experimenting with heroin, which his friend Danny was really upset about. Kind of like John Lennon. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Everything connects. I feel like. Why
2: everyone doing heroin? <laughs> yeah, seriously.
1: He would actually perform in Washington Square Park and then fall asleep. Oh, man. I know. The band released some music together, but it wasn't really a hit. Um, And he was just in a really bad place and was running out of money. In 1967, he was dropped by his manager. Uh, He called his father, Isaac, who traveled to New York to stage an intervention and bring James, who was then 19, back to North Carolina. Oh, my God, he was only 19? Mm Mm-hmm. So he brought him back to North Carolina to get help for his drug addiction. Later that year, when he was sober, James then moved to London with his friend Danny, and um, they got hooked up with the Beatles' talent scout again connects to our last episode i'm so excited to hear Uh, yeah yeah um (laughs) and they played the beatles james's demo of a song called something in the way she moves or they played it to paul mccartney and george harrison (gasps) Uh, george
2: always stole i know yeah then they stole the line
1: for the song something um and then he was then the first non-british artist to be signed by apple records that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he really collaborated with the Beatles a lot throughout his career. So he recorded his first album in 1968, and, yeah, again, collaborated with the Beatles on this album. During this time, a close friend of his named Suzanne, who he used to get high with, had actually committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever were romantically linked, um, but she was an inspiration for the song Fire and Rain, the verse, like, Suzanne, the dreams they made put an end to you
2: i can't picture
1: it oh okay <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's beautiful um, yeah um and but during this time james also began using heroin again after reco- no i know 1969 after recording his first album he returned to the u.s and underwent treatment again in chicago and there they put him on methadone maintenance um to get him clean from heroin but then he just got hooked on that instead so oh no um not really looking good for james um his first album james taylor was then released which received moderate success and he used the money from that album to then buy 175 acres of wood on martha's vineyard wow because um, he loves martha's vineyard so much and then he began recording his second studio album sweet baby james which in 1975 sold one point five million copies um in its first year and was the number third on the Billboard chart and was nominated for several Grammys including Mm. album of the year. And after his success he began touring and was on a lot of talk shows. Um he was even on the cover of Time magazine with the headline The New Face of the Face of New Rock. And who would look at this cover and say that's the man I'm gonna marry? Carly Simon. Really? She was walking down the street. She says, I was walking down the street with my sister. We had just crammed in- Indian food into our mouths and we're walking home. And I looked at that cover of Time magazine and it was James Taylor, whom I'd never met. And I looked at him for <sighs> fairly far away and I said to my sister, I'm going to marry that man.
2: Mm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you know his music at
1: least? Yeah, she okay. did. <laughs> yeah. And actually, they had met previously. Oh, in Martha's still Vineyard. nice story. <laughs> yeah, it is a nice story, and I was just thinking, I feel like that comes up so often where someone will say, and you know, with no evidence. I know. I'm gonna marry that person. I know. And then
2: they do. Yeah, it's. I've heard that too. It's so weird. And it's like, do they just say it <laughs> to like make it happen, or I don't know.
1: Or do they say that?
2: a couple times I know
1: because there was a brief period where I would go on dates with people and then I would text my friend Marissa like I'm gonna marry that guy no way to see if that like would then be the person I'd marry but <gasps> never would be uh, well did you feel it no
2: okay <laughs>
1: that's probably why I know.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah I, feel, I can think of someone I can't remember can you think of another example of someone who did that Well, my next
1: episode someone does that too. Oh wow, wow, (laughs) wow, okay. Yeah.
2: Oh my god. I
1: don't know. It's just such a common thing. Yeah. Okay, so Miss Carly Simon. Carly Elizabeth Simon. She was born June twenty fifth in either nineteen forty three or nineteen forty five. No one knows what year she was born, not even Wikipedia. I don't know why. I'm sure she knows. <laughs> yeah, this um, happens with, as I
2: said in the Atlantis one, the ages are like,
1: so Yeah, mixed up. it's weird. Yeah. I feel like I always thought that like, celebrities, like it was just common knowledge what their birthdays yeah. are, but some of these people slip through the cracks. <laughs> yeah. She is Carly Simon of Simon & Schuster. Her dad is Richard L. Simon, the co-founder of the publishing company, who wow. also happened to be a talented musician. I did not know that. Oh, I had no idea either. Wow. So she comes from a lot of money. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Actually, but in her book, she says that her dad had basically lost all of his money and that she's not as rich as it seems. Okay.
2: I believe her word. word for it. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> everybody reminds me. Of everyone is like Caradell Bean too. I know. Seriously,
1: yeah. Like so many connections. Seriously, yeah. The uh, publishing heiress, uh, Carly <laughs> Simon. Her mom, Andrea. um... Heineman Simon was a receptionist for Simon & Schuster, but then also became a civil rights activist and the board of directors for Riverdale Mental Health Association for 30 years. Mm. Yeah, and she is the second youngest Carly of her siblings. She also has sisters Joanna Lucy Carly and a brother named Peter. She was raised in Riverdale, the Riverdale neighborhood of the Bronx and despite being well off, she didn't have the happiest childhood. Her dad was really cold and distant and struggled with depression in her memoir she writes after two daughters he'd been counting on a son a male a successor to be named carl when i was born he and mommy simply added a y to the word like an accusing chromosome carly oh you know carl carly Mm. simons yeah yeah (laughs) That is sad. wait is his name carl no why did they want a boy named carl so badly Is that his dad's name or something? Maybe. Maybe. At seven, she was sexually abused by a family friend. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I know. And at eight, she developed a stutter, which caused her to have a lot of anxiety. And the only escape for her was singing. Hmm. I know. But she got over that stutter. Um, In the 1960s, at age 16, her father actually passed away of a heart attack. And in 1964, Hmm. Carly and her sister Lucy formed a musical duo, the Simon Sisters, where they would perform in none other than Martha's Vineyard. What? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) (laughs) they were signed by Cap Records and had a minor hit. And um, just before dating James, Carly actually was briefly engaged to a playwright named William Donaldson. Hmm. And in 1970, Carly signed with Elektra Records and released her self titled album in 1971, which peaked at number 30 on the music charts, but she wasn't really a huge hit then. All right, that's Carly and James. Wow. So. They're backstories. Yep. But like I said, they actually did meet before Carly saw that Time Magazine article. There's conflicting reports, but. Uh, They both obviously spent a lot of time in Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. Carly's family would also go every single summer. They had to know each other. Yeah, they knew of each other. I think Carly says that James, like, she thought of him as, like, one of the cool guys on the island. (laughs) She's a little bit older than him, though. Um, Oh, didn't realize that. So James had said previously... I thought she was quite attractive, but she was and still is four years older than I was. So back then when she was 18 and I was 14, she was a bit less approachable than she was when I was 24 years old. Makes sense.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually when you're 14, you don't have a shot with an 18-year-old. No, year old.
1: <laughs> no, unless it's like Miss Pizza, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Carly was a huge fan of James, though, um, especially when he was a hit. And she writes in her book, uh, *Boys and Trees*, that she had seen a photograph of James and Joni Mitchell. They had actually dated previously, and that she I felt, know that. yeah, and she felt like know. an unexplained rage towards <laughs> Joni Mitchell. <laughs> That's so funny. I know.
2: I love it. I love these, like, folky people. Yeah, know? there's going to be
1: some more well-known names <laughs> later on coming up. I love this scene.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there's very much conflicting accounts of when they actually first met as adults, though. Mm. If you look online, most sources say that they met at one of Carly's performances at the Troubadour in L.A., However, in Carly's memoir, she recounts it differently, that it was actually at James's performance in New York City around Thanksgiving in 1971. She was invited to attend the concert and then invited backstage to meet Mm. James. And I'm going to read a little part of her memoir about that encounter.
2: I mean, I'm sure if she said it, then...
1: Yeah. That must be true. I'm going to take her word over, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, the scholars (laughs) writing about it. So she says, Once I laid my eyes on James, a sense of possession overtook me as as if a dog fence of little white flags had sprung out of the ground around him. The women on the periphery knew just how far back they must stay from the fence to avoid getting an unpleasant little joke through their system. He turned toward me, and his eyes... Hadn't even met mine when I said, before I could think, if you ever want a home-cooked meal while you're in New York, I'd love to make lunch for you. He looked somewhere in the direction of my chin with a quick shutter snap of his eyelids and answered, what about tonight? <gasps> okay, sure, sure, I said, yes, please, sure. <laughs> Let's... Lunch, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That's cute. Mm-hmm. So after that concert, they went to an after party and they danced around the room. Um, Then they go to a friend's house and they smoke oh. weed. Then they go to Carly's. Smoky. Yeah. Then they go to Carly's apartment and James asks if they can get in the bed and just sleep, mm. just sleep, nothing more. And cute. I'm gonna read a little page again from her memoir. It's kind of long. She says soft we were sheep whose fleece covered every hard place we curled we breathed on each other's necks we moved we moved our limbs gently and discovered the sur- surface of each other's skin very little hair covered either of us mm-hmm. not the wool of sheep it was just skin tender as rose petals i was too trembly to know where the feeling was coming from but james breathing on my hair in my ear made rise in me i think there's a typo in here really let me okay. see hair and made my ear made rise in me a desire hair and
2: my ear made rise in me a desire which I, wait what comes before hair um For breathing on my hair and my ear made me rise made wait breathing on my hair and my ear made my <laughs> made rise and yes who's okay. Odd. I don't
1: know <laughs> okay I think there's a typo in here. okay I'm just gonna skip, skip ahead we just go to sleep was a gentle unspoken suggestion from the man I had already loved for a year or more I spent every day with headphones on listening to his second album Sweet Baby James and harmonizing with every song imagining looking into his eyes and singing with him wow. while singing along to James's songs so I felt similarity of outlook on the world and a sense of becoming part of the song part of the story the voice and even part of a future as if i could visualize future generations years before i had learned circle round the sun and had performed it as my solo when lucy and i were the simon sisters this year listening to james's first album i learned the folk song as james sang it harmonized and phrased as he did only altering the arrangement a little our versions could have been superimposed on each other's i was in the circle of his love wow and then she later writes this was the same pre-adolescent nobby need boy who had been subconsciously making his way around my dreams for years
2: that's crazy mm-hmm. that she listened to his music every day and now was lying
1: in bed with him it's i know crazy. seriously it's like a <gasps> dream come true She does say on this page about the first time they met and how she was so obsessed with him. (laughs) Not to skip ahead, but many years later, he would accuse me of loving him for being James Taylor, which ironically he meant disparagingly, but it was right on in a very accurate description of the way I felt. Hmm.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: That... She agrees that she,
1: like, loved his image more or something? Or? I think so, but I feel like she's saying it in a way that's meant to be endearing of, like, yeah, I loved you because you were James Taylor, but mm-hmm. that's who you are. Mm-hmm. But, like, you
2: are incredible. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Like, he's, he he's, like, disassociating himself from the image of him, but yeah. that, that is who he is. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So. I get that. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. So (laughs) almost immediately, actually after this first time, James moved into Carly's apartment in Murray Hill, like right away. And for Carly writes in (laughs) her memoir, for the next span of time, he and I were never apart for more than a few days. Then they took a trip to Martha's Vineyard two weeks after moving in together, which they both bonded over a lot since they both had connections there. Um, And he showed her around the house that he was planning to build. Wow. He actually named a pond on the property Carly's Bottom. (laughs) And Carly writes that in those early days, um, she was very hesitant to give away how serious he was about him. However, one day James randomly shares with her that if they were to ever get married... They would have two children, um, a girl named Sarah and a boy named Ben. (laughs) So, again, people just kind of speaking the future into existence. That's cute. I know. They actually spent a weekend with James's sister, Kate, at Martha's Vineyard, um, who was dating a guy at the time who was pretty terrible (laughs) and aggressive and just horrible. And one night, James yells at the sister's boyfriend and tells him to leave, and then Um, Says he's gonna go outside and chop wood to like get his anchor out. And Carly writes that in her memoir as he's chopping wood, (laughs) he yells out, Carly, I love you. What?
0: (laughs) Oh my god. I know.
1: Like, he hadn't said it before. And then as he's chopping wood. Oh, really? He
2: hadn't said it yet? No. That's
1: the first time she learns of it. Was she
2: there or she was like listening? She was in the the house. I think Carly,
1: I love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. I um, wonder what, I'm sure, maybe you know. What did the boyfriend
1: do that was so? He was just getting like aggressive. I think and like up in um, James's sister's face. Oh wow. And Carly writes about that. The way I saw it that night, James had seized the moment, protected his sister, had a catharsis, and in a fit of love-crazed wood chopping, <laughs> sung my name <laughs> up to the moon. <laughs> wow. Well. Yeah. Uh, So, only a few months into their relationship, Carly goes to LA to record a demo, and James calls her to reveal that their apartment actually had been flooded accidentally. (gasps) That's horrible. um, After uh, he let the water run. Oh my (laughs) god. (laughs) That would be so bad. I know, but apparently, like, there was a problem with the faucet. So he, like, turn the water on and then it got like fixed but he left the water running oh, okay. so he didn't like okay. do it on purpose <laughs> but um I have a note to read page 242 I don't know why but I'm gonna read it okay let's hear it less important than the wallpaper was the moment I learned what had happened is this Carly said the familiar gentle voice on the other end this is James Taylor not James but James Taylor as if after four months of prof- profic nudity at its finest he feared i might possibly confuse him with another james (laughs) intention james's good manners came out his civility his old-fashioned north carolina gentlemanness i honestly couldn't have cared less about the hot water or the wallpaper or the condition of our record albums all of which seemed absurd and could be replaced the only thing i cared about was the sweetest kindest least replaceable man on earth was on Mm. the other end of the phone i just thought that was cute it does That year, they also both won a Grammy, but instead of going to the Grammys, they decided to just drive around. Um, (laughs) And Carly writes in her book that James didn't show any emotion about being nominated or possibly winning at all and, like, didn't care. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But that she secretly, like, was really invested (laughs) and wanted to know if she won the Grammy. That is a big deal. Okay, 1972. This is a year and a half into dating. Carly is invited by Mick Jagger to go to a concert in San Francisco where she's interviewing Mick for the New York Times. Just before she's about to go, James starts doing heroin in front of her, Carly, and tells her that she needs to watch him do it so that he'll quit. And Carly writes in her memoir watch this is what james said watch i can't have you and the habit at the same time i just can't i've got to get rid of this maybe if you see me do it it will take away the cat and mouse game you have to watch me i have to let it go (sighs) so then what happened so then carly was really freaked out by that um soon after that she goes to london to record her second album no secrets and she says that james can only visit her for a few days at a time because he's in new york but when he does, he's sleeping all the time, and oh, no. he's clearly very depressed. And she just assumes that he's doing drugs um, and sleeping with other people when they're not together. But she doesn't ask about it. That's upsetting. I know. No. While in London, though, Carly—this is why it's confusing because, like, it seems like they're not really in a good place. But then Carly gets a call from her sister Lucy that James drove to her mom's house to ask. For her hand in marriage. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And Carly is really excited and she says, <laughs> yes, please, always, now. She actually calls him up and says that after she wow. finds out that he asked. Always? Mm-hmm. However, meanwhile, back in London, <laughs> Carly has a very flirty relationship with Mick Jagger. And really? even fantasizes about sleeping with him. What? But they don't do anything. What? Um, they never actually sleep together, but there's a very clear sexual tension um, and he even tells her her that he loves her
2: what mm-hmm.
1: I know wow
2: <laughs> uh, yeah how can all this be happening at the same time I know I'm like getting
1: confused <laughs> by it even though I did research on this
2: but people do people do just kind of push things aside exactly or, you know what I mean like you can have a really bad morning and then a good night and then
1: I don't know you know what I mean yeah and I think like part <laughs> of it too is like the star appeal like it's Mick Jagger like I w- mm-hmm. I feel like at that time period, anybody would have fantasies about someone who they're working closely with who's, like, super famous and a huge sex symbol. Mm -hmm. So I'll give her a pass for now. It's crazy. But Carly is picking up on James um, being pretty cold towards his exes, actually. And this I found very interesting. She recounts a time in her memoir where she witnesses James Talking, I think it's to Joni Mitchell. Let me find it. She says, A year earlier, during the first weekend I spent at the cabin, Maggie had called him. I think that's an ex actually, so not Joni. Um, James picked up the wall phone, mounted on the beams holding the living room ceiling in place, very politely, never dropping his southern gentleman persona. He warned Mag- Maggie not to call him ever again, and when he hung up the phone, he started sweating. At the time, I thought his terseness was with her was a sidelong way of making me feel more secure in his life mm. by proving proo- by providing proof that his relationship with maggie was over and done with still what had she done and what had gone so terribly wrong that she deserved to be guillotined like that Hmm. interesting mm-hmm. so like when james cuts someone else they're like done to, to him i <laughs> wonder why she
2: was calling
1: i know i wonder like, hi how are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: That's interesting. I have your (laughs) baby. What? I don't know. (laughs) Thought you were gonna say that was. I don't know. That was something that was revealed or something. (laughs) No, I just say
1: it's so hot in here. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm getting
2: delirious. But (gasps) using this ice, I actually feel okay. Oh really? Maybe because I'm in the audience. Yeah, probably. I'm just chilling. I'm getting nervous. Okay. Why? I don't know. I'm like nervous. Okay, I'm gonna snap out of it. Yeah, guys, listeners. We get nervous for whatever I know. <laughs> I know. Better. I have stage fright. No, I love rock music. I love 60s, 70s. I love hearing about this. Okay. I don't know anything about this. Okay. Love, love. I love hearing about relationships. Okay. Do you like weddings? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I cause... wish I
1: went to more. Yeah, well, so James and Carly, <laughs> they're getting married, right? But get this. On the evening of their wedding, Bianca Jagger, Mick Jagger's wife, calls up James and tells him not to marry Carly because she's having an affair with Mick Jagger. She had to wait till that night. I know. (laughs) I think they had a short engagement. Okay. So I'll give her that. But uh, James says to Bianca i love carly and i trust carly and i'm gonna marry carly Mm -hmm. so he's not really phased by it cool Mm. was that true no they weren't having an affair they had a flirtation okay um so carly's pretty annoyed by that uh and embarrassed by it (laughs) but james is really not phased so on the so they get married and it's a very quick wedding like they like plan everything really quickly. It's very small. And then, actually, James plays a concert that night at Radio City Music Hall, where he announces that him and Carly had just gotten married um, during that earlier in the day. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And Carly (laughs) legally takes his last name and writes that this gave her um, a sense of power and that she felt incredibly safe and confident. She says, Never in my life had I felt as sure of anything as I did about my new marriage to James.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And in those early days of their marriage, they had little alone time because of the never-ending renovations on their house in Martha's Vineyard. It was just mm-hmm. like constantly <laughs> contractors coming in like coming and going working on this house.
2: It's so regular.
1: I know. <laughs> I know it really is. It's like one of their biggest stressors um in their relationship was the construction of this house, which took years, like years and years. It must have been a nice house. Yeah, it was a very beautiful house. I
2: love Martha's Vineyard, so this is cool. Next time I go, whenever that is, I'm going to
1: think about that. Yeah, you probably should go check out the house. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they... Because they had little alone time, they'd frequently sneak away to vacant summer houses in Martha's Vineyard. um, Just random people's houses? Apparently to have sex in them, yeah. Oh, my God! (laughs) So very romantic. Scandal. Yeah. And then 1973, Carly is pregnant with their first child, which she says makes her feel even more in love with James than ever before. Mm. Um, But James is drinking a lot during this time period. Oh, man. Let's see. I have another passage.
2: <laughs> Why? Well, I was going to make a comment. Maybe I should wait till the
1: end of the relationship to have opinions. Okay. Because I don't know the whole story yet. So Carly writes on June eighteenth, 1973 in her diary, We're off to New York in a couple of minutes. The day is cold and depressing. I'm not lightening it any last night James got drunk again the problem is grave he doesn't know why he needs to get drunk but says he needs to at least four times a day i don't seem to satisfy him much i don't understand him when he says he needs me he's so down on himself that he relies not at all on himself but on chemicals for happiness he only seeks me out for affection when he fears it's lost i'm so sad he's more physical toward me in the presence of other folk than when we are alone he thinks when i say i love you that i am asking a question that i need something in return patience i guess
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, and during this song also, I mean, during this time period also, they remake the song Mockingbird together, which peaks at number five on the charts. Um, it's like, I forget who sings this song before them, but sure. um, I think it came to them because Carly is pregnant. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Let's hear a little bit of it.
1: Do you want to? Sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: I kind of want to. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we just watched a clip of them together. What did you think? It's so cute. It
2: is. They look so goofy and happy mm-hmm. and
1: silly. And she's beautiful. I know. I do find James attractive. Yeah, he is.
2: He was- I was also like picturing like Martha's Vineyard. I know. Like, his house, I'm, like chopping wood. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's so tall. <laughs> yeah, with his little North Carolina gentlemanness <laughs> that Carly yeah. really likes. Oh, I, I see what's so attractive about him.
2: That is quite a red flag though that he seems to only like show affection when he fears mm-hmm. that she's like lost interest. I'm not sure, not sure how she phrased it, but that he's not that interested until he thinks me you know it's like a push-pull game type of thing you know
1: yeah and it seems like that's how carly feels a lot throughout the relationship but then like forgets that feeling when he is super affectionate towards her and is so willing to just accept the good side of him and forget the bad but Mm -hmm. that will keep popping up more and more until she can't really ignore it
2: oh no
0: Mm
1: But good times are still ahead, so in 1974 (laughs) on January 7th, their daughter, Sarah Maria, who they nicknamed Sally, is born. Um, And during this time, it's super cute. When Carly's giving birth, James pretends to be a seagull to distract Carly from her pain and pretends that the contractions are ocean waves. And so as she's giving birth, he's like, (laughs) Carly, look up! That is so cute. cute. And then while carly is giving birth he also writes the song sarah maria during it (laughs) during it which he performs at a concert again that night like james James keeps having concerts the same night of like huge life events oh my god (laughs) that's impressive i know perform
2: it later that night
1: i know the lyrics are cute it's While the moon is the ocean and the stars are in the sky, and all I can see is my sweet Maria's eyes. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Maria. So, they're really big into the beach and that ocean life. That's so true. (laughs) So, James goes on tour while Carly is home in Martha's Vineyard uh, with the baby. And while he's away, she ends up having this... Feels super normal, but she has a swimming pool built without asking him. Oh. I mean, it's not normal because yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. expensive, but it's a normal fight, I guess. Yeah, because without asking They have him. a huge fight about this, <laughs> that she had a swimming pool yeah. built. What was he
2: mad about? Just, like, the expense? Or the expense? Or he did like where it was or... he didn't like
1: that she didn't ask mm-hmm. and that was a pretty big deal yeah <laughs> it, it wasn't it like an ingram pool yeah, yeah, so he yeah. Really get rid of that yeah yeah and i think he had a problem with the fact that like they're living on the water like by the, the beach, beach and yeah. then she would have a swimming pool bill mm-hmm.
2: he was like why just why would you do that mm-hmm. like judging her process there or something yeah yeah
1: but she says in her memoir like i could have sworn i told them but i think it might have slipped her have mind sworn. that
2: reminds me of like my parents fights yeah hi mom and dad yeah i can just picture my dad like my mom coming home having bought something and my dad being like yeah, Are you kidding me. Yeah, it is to a
1: next <laughs> level because I guess a yeah. swimming pool is something that I think a married couple would discuss. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. But when you have that kind of money, it's like I don't
2: know. I know, I get what he's saying, but they were celebrities.
1: Mm-hmm. You would
2: assume they have a pool,
1: right? Exactly, it'd be <laughs> kind of weird to be a celebrity without a pool. <laughs> I know. I feel like rich and famous have pools
2: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> carly also writes in her memoir that during this time even though they are monogamous they allow each other to explore fantasies for the sake of their music like in their head oh, so they'll write songs kind of like that yeah they'll write songs with other muses and they don't question it fantasies wow mm-hmm. so it's 1976 now and carly believes that she is pregnant So she's about to tell James, but as she's about to tell him, he tells her that he needs to get tested for gonorrhea.
2: What? Mm -hmm. Are
1: you kidding me? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Fuck. So that's pretty bad. That's really upsetting. Yeah, I know. And she was so excited to. I thought they could only have fantasies. I know. So, obviously, not. So, this kind of reveals that more is going on than just that. Um, oh my God. And at first, actually, she's really concerned for him. But then she gets mad and she actually tries to hit him with the guitar, but he <laughs> dodges that. And then she drives away in rage um, and then comes back. And she has a really forgiving attitude. She wow. just kind of lets it go. Crazy. Yeah. Then in 1977, she gives birth, she actually was pregnant, to their second child, a son named Ben. So, as you said, mm-hmm. a girl named Sally and a boy named Ben. Um, and yeah, and this year they also do a sit down interview on The Dick Cavett Show. And I thought I'd show you a little clip. Um, Let's
2: hear it.
3: Chart in your apartment saying who's up and who's down and whose record is where and so on. We Jay- try to eliminate the gold records and the, and the charts and any news about how the records are doing from, mm-hmm. from the house itself. What do you think the, the roots of stage fright are? They used to say in a book I read as a kid about acting, if you are nervous, try and think why you're nervous. It sounds like Richard Nixon, and then that will help you to go on. Um, have you ever tried to think why you're nervous and then had it dissolve? It is, I've never had it dissolve but I've thought a good deal about why it exists. Yeah. It's gotten soft a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> never dissolved though. I think, I, She's, I she's think... great on stage. I, I think that, that she's, she's suffering under the misconception that, she, that, that, that uh, nobody else feels the way she does, but I think everyone who feels stage fright feels, often feels as bad, badly as you do. I, I think that Carly just won't allow herself uh, to feel too bad, which is a terrific thing. Have you ever thought or of? Or you st- could she call won't. me a spoiled brat. That no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to imply that at all. I. I. I mean that she's buoyant. You know, she won't let herself sink. Sink. And she. Yeah. Yeah. Sink.
1: I don't know. I just really liked that clip. Like James's voice. He's so soft-spoken mm-hmm. and so sweet, and so I can just really see how Carly could be into him. Because I'm going to say a lot of things that aren't very sweet, but... Yeah. No, I can see it, too. Mm-hmm. That seems so real,
2: too. I know. Just the way you talk back and forth. I love her huge smile. It's so cute. Oh,
1: she's beautiful.
2: She's kind of reminding me of Lucky Phoenix.
1: Just, like, okay. look-wise. Yeah, oh, I can see that, actually. <laughs> they do look a lot alike. So, yeah, they on that interview, I think they're really cute, and they perform on stage together. But Carly, in her memoir, does write that... The marriage really is not what it appears to be to the public at all. He says, "Sorry, I feel like I'm reading from this too much." How do you have a good marriage?
2: It's one of my, uh, I don't know, top questions in life.
1: I know. I like Especially to read articles about it. Celebrity marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. yeah. That's like a whole different ballpark. Mm -hmm. She says in her diary, August 5th, 1977, our relationship is far from the idyllic one that the general public reads about. James continues to escape. He can express his angry feelings to me much more readily than his loving ones. He tells me he loves me either in songs, no little measure, or when I am sleeping, and he's just turning. He will say, I really love you, Carly. I'm sorry. I'm being a bummer, and I'm too tired to respond. Still, by the end of every day, I always soften back to my default position of delight and thankfulness that I'm married to James.
0: Mm.
1: And she's so in love with James. Like, all these transgressions, everything. She's so forgiving to him. And... Seems like it. mm -hmm. But he does, like, so... It's confusing, though. In 1977, that year, he releases the song, There We Are, um, on his album, JT. Mm. And these are the lyrics. Oh, I don't know if I told you, but you hold my heart in your hand, and I found out something about you, baby. Without you, I'm a lonely man. So though I never say that I love you, I love you. Darling, I do. Carly, I do love you. And though we are as nothing to the stars that shine above, you are my universe. You are my love. Here we are like children forever taking care of one another while the world goes on without us all around us. Oh. Mm-hmm. what does he say um so though I never say that I love you, mm-hmm. what's up
2: with that?
1: I know. Oh well, yeah, he's definitely aware <laughs> that he's not that affectionate.
2: <sighs> yeah, it's so interest it it's just boggling. Like he is so thoughtful seeming and soft spoken like you said, and gentle and introspective and you know it's just it's such a contrast I know, you know
1: yeah and like I mean it kind of reminds me of it's so different but John Mayer like he has such a reputation oh, yeah. for being a sleaze ball. I can see that but his music is so romantic yeah. that's how can this person exist as an artist and as a person at the same time like James's music is so loving and that that verse makes me melt so though I don't I never say that I love you. I love you, darling. I do, Carly. I do love you. Mhm. So sweet. I love
2: the last part about like the world around us. Mhm. <gasps> yeah. I don't know. I think some people do love and can be very sweet and romantic and affectionate and stuff, but they are just troubled.
1: Yeah, I mean, and James has been troubled his whole life. Like, he had a lot of mental health struggles when he was young, and obviously, as you mentioned, his parents' divorce greatly Mm -hmm. affected him, so we think there's definitely an intimacy issue there. Yeah. But, and he also is obviously cheating on Carly. (sighs) So, I don't know what's up with that. (sighs) James, you gotta do better. Oh my god. gotta do better, you're gonna lose her. That's all I'm gonna say. (sighs) 1978, they sing lead vocals on a cover of the song devoted to you for carly's album which became a top 40 hit and carly writes in her memoir that at this age she isn't focusing on james as much just because she's so busy with her music and the kids Mm -hmm. and she writes it didn't occur to me at this time that james might have had a girlfriend (gasps) or that that girlfriend even had a name Mm mm-hmm and I feel like she writes in her memoir a lot that, like, she's struggling with now that, like, she's a mom. James just kind of sees her, like, as the mom of the children and not as, like, an attractive young person that he fell in love with. Which I is,
2: fucking hate that. I know.
1: Sorry for my language. But I
2: feel like that's a common thing. Mm-hmm not even just with celebrities or whatever and that's a fear of mine someday Mm -hmm. you know i don't i hate that it's like one thing i just hate about our world we live in a society whatever but you know i feel like once someone becomes a mom i think everyone stops seeing them as a real human i know that's like i'm mom
1: you know but they don't do that with dads if anything it's like they they're even more attractive to men when they become fathers I know just stop doing that Mm
2: -hmm. there's the next movement that needs
1: to happen I know seriously (laughs) sexualize the mom yeah (laughs) it doesn't change you're still an interesting
2: person like I know also someone has to raise the kids I know exactly I do think there is a little bit sorry I'm like ranting now there can be a little bit of like oh moms only talk about their kids or whatever but like it's important mm-hmm. to care about them
1: yeah <laughs> they're doing their job you know anyway i know I that feel, just breaks my heart i know so then in 1979 a close friend of carly's casually mentions to carly that james's girlfriend what <laughs> her friend just casually mentions yeah mentions something about James's girlfriend assuming that Carly would already know. Oh my god. And Carly didn't know anything that about it. That would be horrible. I know. And so apparently James has been dating a backup dancer for him named Evie who is living in an apartment on West 17th Street in Manhattan that James uses for recording. So it's a studio. She's living there that James owns. And James is really cold when Carly confronts him about this. He doesn't even try to hide it. He just acts very nonchalant about it. It's a little spooky. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of the book, Conversations with Friends, where they're, like, just so casual about this, like, affair that's going on. She says, I confronted James about it, going so far as to fall onto the rug in despair this isn't about you james said coldly but if it wasn't about me who then was it about did james feel as i did that we we were really not living but merely simulating that something once clear sharp generous infinite a window view looking out over some forever landscape was now too hazy to see through
2: how could he say this isn't about you
1: i know like she's your wife i know seriously (laughs) obviously she's a factor here. Yeah, that's so selfish. I know. <gasps> this is breaking my heart. So Carly writes in her memoir that she kind of accepts that this is just the way that rock and roll is, and that she didn't know one male musician who wasn't sleeping with random women on the side. Oh no. Which makes me really sad. Like, is that true? And I, I
2: think it kind of is. I
1: know. Like, all the musicians today are none of them faithful to their wives at all. I know. I wonder that. I wonder Me too. that too. Even about like, <laughs> um, I just
2: saw the National recently, and like that, they're in like their forties now, and I was even wondering like, do they like still hook up with people? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> what's the deal? I don't know. Or or are some musicians totally just boring and just you know go back to the van or the bus and yeah. the hotel? And, I don't know. I
1: get really I freaked go to sleep. out whenever I hear of any like casual cheating ever in something like this like is this a thing about the whole world like no is cheating that commonplace that like someone could be confronted about an affair and it's like no big deal I think it's a big deal yeah yeah I think it is
2: common maybe but I do think rock and roll it's just a totally different thing i mean you have people like throwing themselves at you all the time yeah you're probably always going out for drinks and stuff and meeting people and you're traveling and i don't know not that i'm not excusing it but i think that it's just a crazy atmosphere but yeah that does upset me Mm -hmm. everybody
1: i know seriously i mean because she knew the beatles what she knew the beatles too oh yeah yeah so, I mean, I guess you probably know more than I do, but like, does that include them cheating on their wives? Well, we know
2: John did. Mm-hmm. I don't know the intricacies of the others yet, I, but I know that. I mean, I. fucking okay. Sorry. I'm sorry so much this episode. <laughs> I love Paul, you yeah. know. And I, I think him and Linda's relationship. I haven't done like a deep dive yet, but I would love to because I love them. But I. Hope he didn't cheat on her, because I think of them as, like, the perfect yeah. relationship. But I know that
1: before Linda, he did sleep around a lot. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you had a friend who was... I'm not going to say the band. Yeah. But was a groupie for a well-known, popular pop yeah. boy band. Yeah. It's not the one you're thinking of, though. It's not
2: the one you're thinking of. <laughs> um, and they... I don't know if I should be saying this. Yeah. But they... Seemed really squeaky clean from the outside, like mm-hmm. you would think they're like Disney Channel type of people, yeah. But they were having like orgies, <laughs>
1: yeah, and we're sleeping with multiple yeah, people in one night,
2: yeah. Which so I'm sorry, disgust me, but <laughs> <laughs> just like that scale freaks me out, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I don't know, <laughs> I guess it just makes you wonder, like for men in general, if they have access to be able to sleep with whatever women they want will they take advantage of it. I know. And at what cost. I know. So. All, what percentage of men? I know. I want to see the data of all the <laughs> male musicians and rock stars and, like, how, like, who was the most faithful. Yeah. And which ones were the cheaters. Because it seems like most of them were cheaters and it's so casual. I know. I, maybe it is one of those
2: things where I do think who you hang out with really can mm-hmm. influence your morals and just how you see the world. And if they are like, everybody does it, then you think it's normal.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, and Carly was influenced by that as well because she felt very unloved and alone. So she starts having an affair herself <gasps> um, with a sound engineer named Scott Lit at her studio.
2: Scott lit.
1: Yeah, yeah, Scott (laughs) is getting very lit. That
2: sounds like a movie character. I know.
1: uh, Scott lit. uh, But her music producer tells her that she needs to tell James about this. Why? I I know. James is already busy with his girlfriend. What does the producer
2: have anything to do with this? I
1: don't know. So she tells James, (laughs) and James is not fazed by it, and instead admits, I'm seeing a few women myself.
2: My jaws dropped right Mm -hmm.
1: now. And so... I'm seeing a few women myself. Carly later no. on thinks to herself that this is the reason why James was unfazed by that call from Mick Jagger's oh. wife right before he their was wedding. Because like, well, I'm doing that too. Yeah. Yeah, <gasps> it was like so an unspoken agreement at that point that they're allowed to step outside the marriage, even though they did have a rule that they were monogamous. What the heck? I feel betrayed. It's really sad. So Carly even writes a very beautiful, sad song about the state of their relationship. It's called We're So Close. These are the lyrics. Okay. It's come to be a habit with me to dine alone. You're never home in the evenings and so early. He says, we can be so close from afar. He says, the closest people always are. We're so close that in our separation, there's no distance at all. There's a husky voice that speaks to me in the dark and on the phone from studios and west side bars. though tunnels of long distance, he says, we're beyond flowers. He says, we're, f- we're beyond compliments. We're so close that we can dispense with love. We don't need love at all. That is so sad. I know. It's so sad. But honestly, I feel like a lot of couples can relate to that, like the feeling of being so close with someone that like you let go of trying in the yeah. relationship. That's definitely
2: a common killer of relationships, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah. To all you people listening out there. All you people listening. Tell the people you love that you love them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Keep trying to woo the person Yeah. that you're seeing, I guess, yeah. as if it's the beginning. Oh. And make... Offered to make them a home-cooked meal oh and chop some wood yeah. and profess your love it is to sad moon. like
2: they seemed so
1: cute and in love i know this is hard to hear i know i feel like i skipped over parts in her book too that like were really lovey-dovey like she just loves Jean so much would you have said that he felt the same way I think in a quiet way he did, but I think she definitely came on stronger and was more vocal about her affection for him. (laughs) But he did love her, but it just seemed like a lot of his love was spontaneous, though. Like, even Mm. his proposal, you know, because during that time he also was really depressed and doing heroin, so it just kind of came out of nowhere. But, I mean, like, yeah, like when she was giving birth and he was... That's true, that's cute. You know, distracting her. Just, it was inconsistent.
2: I kind of hate that, though, when, like... You can't really tell how someone feels, and they're being distant and down. And then all of a sudden, they're like, I love you. And And then, oh, it's so nice. And then back to being down and
1: weird. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like kind of a trauma bond. Like, yeah. The fact that James set expectations so low most of the time made the moments where he is present and loving seem so much more special. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, another big stress in their marriage, too, was the fact that their baby, Ben, was sick all the time. Um, Mm. There was one night where he was so sick and running a very high fever, and James was nowhere in sight. He presumably was with his girlfriend, Evie, Carly writes in her memoir. But then the next evening, Ben's fever was down, and James bounced. So, wait, sorry. So, finally, James comes home. And um, they get the fever down. Um, they stay up all night trying to cool the baby down. And Carly writes in her memoir, but then the next evening Ben's fever was down and James bounced up and told me that he had to go pick up a friend. I'll be uh-huh. right back, he said. He didn't return until 8.30 the following morning. I sat there in the living room stone-faced. Either you're here or you're not, I said, wanely All right, James said after a silence, I'll move out.
3: <gasps> right
1: now, no. I said, i Right now, I said, and I don't want the kids to see you again. I'm, I'm calling a lawyer. I want a child separation. <gasps> no. But so then James does leave the house and Carly is home and she's really upset about it. Then the next day, James just comes back and they don't address it. <laughs> <laughs> and Carly is okay. actually relieved that he came back. Oh mm-hmm.
2: I wonder if she... When she said that, like, almost didn't mean it or want it or something. I think she, I
1: mean? well, she said, either you're here or you're yeah, there.
2: that's very upsetting that he was like, okay. Yeah, he I'll didn't say,
1: out. yeah. She. He didn't fight for her, but he, at the same time, didn't want to leave. But Carly is still fed up by this affair, um, so she actually secretly gets a copy Made of the key to that apartment where Evie is staying in. Oh, nice! I know, and she plans to confront Evie. I was thinking where, whatever you said the address was, like 114th
2: Street or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, I would go down there. Actually, I don't know if I would, but I would want to go Mm -hmm. down there, bang the door open Mm -hmm.
1: with a bat, yeah, and be like, who the fuck is this Mm -hmm. so yeah carly's really debating it like she thinks like this is crazy i don't know if i can do it she's really nervous but she does it she leaves (gasps) james home with the babies and she goes out to the apartment um when okay i have a question mm -hmm. when you say leaves
2: him at home is this at Martha's vineyard no this is actually in new york yeah they spend i was getting confused like how are they going from MV to New York. No, so no. Fast. They
1: have an apartment in New York okay. too. Um, okay. I think Martha's Vineyard is mostly She's a like, summer. Taking the ferry. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. in there. Get in my car. Or maybe she flies. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> no. Yeah, this
1: is when they're in New York. So I don't know what he's doing, infidelity wise, in Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. if he has another girlfriend on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, Lifeguard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> but so carly really wants the girlfriend to like see her as a real person and to like know that like it's a real marriage that she's interfering with so she goes there and she confronts evie and she says i'm carly i said and evie says well you're not a friend of mine (laughs) i know but still i'm carly (laughs) i know but still i'm carly and Evie says to her, "James doesn't love you. Don't you know that he calls you a jap? And he told what me you buy—I don't know—he told me you buy big Mercedes convertibles and drive around California trying to be a movie star, but you're not pretty enough." <gasps> she continued in this vein. Jamie had told her that I'd built a swimming pool because I couldn't bear to step on any seaweed or any rocks beneath my feet, where oh. real people go swimming. This comes up
2: again. I know.
3: Oh my God.
2: Okay, I love the beach. Not to go into a tangent here. I do. I love the beach. Yeah. But, like, sometimes it's too cold. I'm guessing they would have a heated pool or something. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, sometimes there's sharks in yeah. all Sometimes the waves are too treacherous. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to still go swimming.
2: Yeah. And sometimes you just want to, like, float.
1: Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, read a book on the wall. I mean. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the best of both worlds having yeah. a beach and a pool at your disposal.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. you ever go
1: to a nice resort, you got both right yeah, there I know. and you can choose. I love I love having not a care in the world but to decide am I going to spend the day at the beach or the pool? Yeah, and it's like pool in the morning, beach later or reverse. Yeah, yeah, you go to the <laughs> beach and then you get the sand off in the pool.
2: <laughs> So
1: I don't know why this
2: is a big And then they go have a pool party.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> With all their rock friends. I know. I don't get it.
1: I don't know why this was a huge marital issue for well, James. Well, it is. is. She- she should not she does Does not know who she's speaking to i know this is carly simon she says more she says he says you spend all day shopping and buying (gasps) fur coats and that you are dressing up your children just like you he tells me that you nurse your little boy still and that he will grow up to be a fairy (gasps) Mm -hmm. his little boy is still quite young he said you don't really sing well and that you spend <gasps> all day getting bikini waxes so you look good for your rich boyfriend who sends planes for you all over the world. All day getting bikini I know, waxes. It takes, <laughs> takes five minutes. <laughs> He says you won't even notice when he's out of your house because you're so in love with your diamonds and your fancy shoes and you tried them on in front of your mirror. You are a party girl. You are a bitch. A city girl. A lazy playgirl. What did he call you? Yes, a swashbuckler. That's it. <gasps> That's so mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just not. Oh hold my God. Back. I think I would like break down. Mm-hmm. And Carly says to her, I know you want to believe everything James has told you. But you have to see it all can't be true. He would never have loved me in the first place, place if I was all those things. He just said them to justify his actions to you. And then mm. Evie says, He said once you were sexy and fun, and now you ruined it all with your greediness and your furniture and your manicures. Wow. hmm What does she say about that? Anything? Like... She uses the bathroom, and she freshens up, and I think she contemplates cutting herself, but no. she doesn't. That would
0: be
2: horrible to mm-hmm. hear that, to hear your husband said those horrible things about you.
1: I know. I think mm-hmm. a, I think she was in shock, too, and, like, she said she didn't really believe it or believe that he meant it. What would you have done, though? What would I have done? I would have punched that girl. <laughs>
2: I think it would have been. I mean, I'm not. I've never been in like a physical fight, Me but, I think, really not, younger, but <laughs> I think it would have been really hard. Besides my sisters when I was younger, but I think it'd be really hard not to do
1: something yeah like, I don't know how she just splashed, splashed a drink in
2: her face or something like
1: yeah because that girl did not hold back and I really wonder if that's her real name if she's still oh, yeah. out there but yeah I'm not a violent person by any means but I don't think I would have been able to control myself yeah I I would have lost it yeah even just listening
2: to this <laughs> is it not even me and I I'm, know like,
1: getting all heated up right now Even if Uh, someone said that to a friend, I think I would have um, just completely... I would have marched down there. I would have knocked down the door with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she says, I came out of the bathroom and without a single word put on my coat. I held out my hand to Evie. Shake. Instead, she looked down at the floor. Evie, okay. I said, I'm really glad I came here tonight. I'm sure it didn't make you happy, but I want you to know that I will tell James that I saw you. I tried not to sound pompous or insincere, and considering the context, felt as though I'd succeeded in being decent. When our eyes connected for a split second, I smiled broadly. Evie didn't smile back, nor had I expected her to. I didn't need her to. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm so upset right now. I know. And I think James, once again, is seemingly unfazed by Carly meeting Evie. Oh, great. I know. It seems like everything he's just, like, nonchalant about, besides the swimming pool. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) What the heck? So it's 1980, and somehow they're actually still together. And (laughs) on her ninth studio album, Come Upstairs, Carly releases a song titled James, and the lyrics are, James, your voice is like water when i lift the shell to my ear i can hear you pouring out your heart to me james the beauty of your voice lifts us from sadness james let us become like water together sing to me sit on the edge of my bed as when we were as when we first spent nights together your body Mm. wrapped around your guitar let the music speak for your heart let them combine like water and sand let them meet the air like drops of rain and bring us together once again hmm um she also writes a song um called in pain which is very depressing and it's just like the about the end of the relationship 1981 carly goes on tour for this album come upstairs but is struggling badly from anxiety and depression due to the crumbling marriage um their I son bet. ben yeah their son ben is also struggling from kidney dysplasia which is quite serious. It's actually what uh, Sarah Hyland had, the actress from Modern Family, that she needed two kidney transplants for. So that's causing a lot of stress, and Carly isn't really eating, and she's losing a lot of weight. Um, And she actually collapsed on stage at a show in Pittsburgh, and then several other tour dates are canceled because she's too weak to perform. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm.
1: no. Don't
2: hurt her, James. Don't hurt her. She seems like such a
1: ray of sunshine. Oh, my gosh.
2: So this hurts me. Well, she's just
1: a beaut... First of all, her book is so beautifully written. Like, even her diary entries from way back when, she has such a beautiful way with words um and she's so in love with James like mm-hmm. you know yes she does cheat on him but it's out of well, a he place. He started yeah, it. Yeah exactly. And I think she kind of does it to get a reaction. Yeah that's only fair. Mm-hmm. I can't blame her at all for cheating yeah. on him.
2: And I mean, she could they're have not
1: really monogamous anymore. Yeah no. So you know. I don't think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Me neither. I think all's fair once the other person is cheating and will not stop cheating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just basically established mm-hmm. this is the way it is, you know? Exactly. So Carly ends up spending a month in the hospital to gain weight. Um, and when she gets out, James has a new girlfriend, an actress named Catherine Walker, who later becomes his second wife.
2: My mouth's open again. I know. <laughs> it doesn't
1: convey in audio, but... <laughs> oh. He's, he's checking out. James releases his 10th studio album. The lead single is called Hard Times, which gives a clue to fans that their marriage is on the rocks. So the lyrics are... We've seen some hard times, hard times. Holding it together ain't always easy. An angry man, hungry woman. They're driving each other crazy. It's so low down, showdown. There's nothing else safe to say. Baby's on the town. Baby's looking around. Talking about walking away. Don't let go. Gotta give it one more chance. We've gotta hold on. Loving me may not make much sense, but I'm gone on you, baby, baby i'm gone and i want you back again i may be wrong for you baby maybe i'm wrong but i love you just the same interesting Mm -hmm. interesting Mm i wasn't expecting that carly in her memoir keeps repeating that line angry man hungry woman about their relationship (laughs) oh i hate that i know and then, in 1981, they're officially separated, <gasps> and Carly is interviewed about it. Here it is.
3: To the state of your marriage, which has been highly publicized, what is the state uh, or, and prognosis for the future? God, well, being, being asked a personal question like this over, over television, where a lot of people are looking at it, makes me want to take a jump. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me want to just go over there and jump jump down (laughs) but it's it's um it's a it's a fairly you know accepted fact that we are separated yes we're not living together we are um we're both doing fine both mother and child are doing fine we are um we're in a better state now than we have been in in quite a while and and i don't have any feelings of regret about having been married to james we had Nine wonderful years together, and, and two wonderful children. Again. And two wonderful children, and 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 I think it's to our credit that we realized when things were no longer really mendable, yes. and that things, at least right now, yes, and and for the foreseeable future. And I
1: know you can tell she's just so broken up over it, mm-hmm. but she still she doesn't want to say anything bad about James. At all Wow She's, that is
2: sweet-hmm what she said.
1: but so then it's 1982 James and Carly have been broken up for a year and James drops off the kids at Carly's place and Carly writes that their relationship at this time would usually be described as sharp and heated but occasionally civil. But on this one particular night when James is dropping off the kids, he unexpectedly comes inside the apartment and just sits down. And they just stare at each other (laughs) in silence until they make their way into the bedroom and sleep together. Oh, my
2: God.
1: Carly writes. (gasps) Wow. Wow. I noticed that James's long, aristocratic fingers were stained with nicotine. Mostly, I noticed that he wasn't wearing a wedding ring. There was a hesitation, with that familiar weight, like that of some sleek animal, grafted onto me. Later, mm. I knew he'd say he was sorry and that he hadn't meant to, meant it, that it didn't mean anything. But in those moments, I was in heaven. That lust had toppled him. <laughs> but unlike, oh, and then she says, I felt like. I was Orpheus leading Eurydice out of the underworld, not daring to look back until we had at least reached the upper air. But unlike the myth, despite the gender roles being reversed, I never looked back, and James still disappeared.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. That felt like a novel or something. I know. I felt like you were reading Twilight. I know. Seriously, (laughs) it was like a heat of passion. Sometimes... I feel like from this show, I'm realizing that like sometimes real life is just crazier than fiction. You know? I know,
1: seriously. I know. Without saying anything, he sat on the bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. God. Okay, but this is crazy. 1985. Now, Carly gets engaged to a drummer named Russ Kunkel, who is. Wait, I need to see how this is spelled. Kunkel. <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> okay he's drumming on tour with James he's James yeah I and Carly is asked about this in an interview with a Charlie Rose let's hear it
0: mentioning Russell Conker raises the question that's often speculated in the press is whether the two of you are going to get married
3: well this is a this is a divine possibility
0: a divine possibility <laughs> uh he plays he's going to be touring with James right yes uh, is that gonna be easy
3: you'll have to ask me that in about three months
0: what do you expect Trump? i mean what does james say about all this
3: again you'll have to ask james <laughs> <laughs> i don't talk to him about that
0: uh you don't uh, okay
3: this is something i guess yeah. between james and russ yeah they've they have been working together for years and i don't i don't really see that there's any reason to stop
0: yeah um
2: <laughs> <laughs> he th- the re- um like charlie rose yeah so flustered i know He's like
1: oh um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh carly i like, don't know what to say but you know what? i feel like a part of carly like like based off her book i feel like she still was in love with james as the years went p- by so i do wonder if like there's a little bit of like vindicativeness Mm. there on her part yeah maybe
2: she was acting kind of like Mm. i don't know you gotta ask james yeah we don't talk
1: about that (laughs) yeah i mean james is always unfazed by these things that he should have emotion for so wow they never end up getting married though um and they decide they're better off as friends interesting um and meanwhile During this time, um, James gets married to that girlfriend from before, Katherine Walker, and they're married until 1996. Wow. Damn. Carly is interviewed at her home in New York City, and she says that her relationship with James, this is 1986 now, is strained, but that she still has feelings for him. Um, And she describes that she's the main caretaker for their kids, And that James is only involved when it's convenient for him. And he just kind of comes and goes. And she says, like, I would be probably on tour more often. But I have the responsibility of the kids. My main job is a mom. Yeah. Whereas James' main job is still to be a musician first. And he's a father second. Um, I, I did wonder frequently, like, if James was a present father at all. I think he still remained in Sally and... Ben's lives they're both musicians now and like there have been videos of them performing with James um Hmm. on stage but definitely their primary caretaker was Carly and they're much closer with Carly Sad. yeah (laughs) 1987 Carly marries another James a man named James Hart a writer and poet and businessman writer poet yeah, again. that's how he's described on Wikipedia. <laughs> they divorced in 2007 because he ends up being gay. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's sad. I don't really know anything about... it. Is he about, gay the whole time? I don't or? know. I'm not sure. I don't know much about their marriage. But 1988, oh, wow. James is interviewed um, a part of the Joe Jackson Interviews. And he's asked about Carly and says he was too young to be married. Um, what? How can okay. I say that? Here it is. Let's see.
3: Are you still friends? Uh, am I friends with Carly? Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that we were friends. No, I, I tend to want to have as little contact with her as possible, and I assume that she, the feeling's uh, mutual. We communicate somewhat about the kids, and, and that's it. It ended up that bitterly? I wouldn't say it's terribly bitter. I just, I just think that that uh, that it ended, and that, that it's that's uh, I I prefer to have very limited contact.
1: Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing about the Joe Jackson interview is that's the first time we hear, like James doesn't really communicate with Carly at mm-hmm. all, like, and that kind of speaks back to in Carly's memoir when she's writing about. James's coldness towards his exes in the past, how he just completely cuts them, cuts out. them out, and that's it. Door slam. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for no contact mm-hmm. after a breakup, but he definitely takes it to the extreme. Yeah. Like, he's done. And I don't know if maybe that's because he can't control himself. Like, maybe. maybe he sees it very black and white, and otherwise he would walk into her apartment and sit on the bed and sleep with her once again. I am all for no contact when
2: you need to get over a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, you should not be talking to your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend or whatever if you still have feelings for them and you need to move on, whatever. But I do think, like, if years go by... There is no reason to still be so hostile. I mean, unless they did something. Exactly. Horrible. But I mean, she's the mother of his children. Like how can you not talk to her, you know?
1: Yeah, like I it makes me really sad that they're not on a talking basis when they have children together. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it probably would have been a lot easier for the kids if their parents still got along and I know. could be in the same room with each other. Hmm. And it's all James choosing not to be.
2: Yeah. So I got to ask Where does You're So Vain come into all this? Oh, that's a great
1: question. She wrote that before. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Before they dated?
1: I think at the beginning of their relationship. It's not about James whatsoever. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I think it's about actually a couple people. She obviously has never really said who it's about. Mm. Um, It's 100% not about James Taylor at all. Darn. Do you think he is vain? Mm, not no, I don't think that's his problem. <laughs> I think he has a lot of problems, but vanity isn't one.
2: Yeah, I didn't I, realize that was before. It
1: could, yeah, that's a good question though. <laughs> um, it could potentially be about Warren Beatty. I oh, think really? that's one of the biggest suspects. Interesting. Well, but yep, yeah, not James. Well, so that's pretty successful song. Oh yeah, and so. When that song came out, too, like, beforehand, James was a lot more successful than Carly, but that kind of switched things for a while because it came out right in the beginning of their relationship. Okay. Not him. Nope. He's not even on the table. I think she explicitly says that, too. Yeah,
2: Makes sense. Um,
1: That's an amazing breakup song. Actually, just in our last episode when we were talking about... um, Alanis Mm -hmm. Morissette and You Oughta Known and just, like, how direct that song is kind of reminds me of You're So Vain. Yeah. Like, just being, like, not holding back at all. They're both iconic Mm -hmm. breakup songs. Put them in your breakup playlist, Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, so then in 1994, she's on the Howard Stern Show. Oh my God! And Howard does not hold back. He never once does. Again, oh, so... you know you're getting something good. Uh huh. All right, here's a clip.
0: <laughs> Heard he he looks like James Taylor and he sings like James Taylor, your son, which has got to be a nightmare for you because you're reminded of James every minute when you look at him, right? Or is it good? It's wonderful. Is it? Everything James, with you is wonderful.
3: I, you know, I really. uh... I, I like James. I think the world of James. You do? Absolutely. and and,
0: and it's... You must have gotten a good settlement. Oh, you guys boy. split everything equally when you uh, broke up? God, that must have been a bonanza. Between your money and his money?
3: Yeah, they just oh. took their own separate piles, I think.
0: I'm going to take a guess. <laughs> I'm going to say that was a 100 million dollar divorce settlement. 50-50. you
3: got to remember that I because I don't do concerts, I don't make a lot of money, and and, and yeah, but also,
0: James performs two, three times a day. James, makes <laughs> he makes up for what now. you do. That's I mean, right. Since we've been divorced. Yeah, James he's great. Does make a lot of money. He's great, but he is great. Yeah, but obviously he wasn't the man that could satisfy you. No, no, no. Oh yes, that that's, true. True. that's true. That isn't true. You needed that's a real man. True. No, no, no. You don't James, need no sensitive James man James who sings folk man. tunes. You need a a guy. You need an angry shock jock. You don't don't
3: need to belittle him.
0: (laughs) You need a baseball player. You do not need to belittle him. Can't believe he broke up. Did he break up with you?
3: Or you You broke it off with him? It's never just, you know, it's never just one. It takes
0: two to tango and it takes two to pretty much dissolve something that's that. Important. Because I would have stayed with you. I find you very sexy. Unless you're a pain in the ass to live with, I can't figure out the downside.
3: Well, what did he say when you asked him that?
0: He said you were a pain in the ass to live with.
3: <laughs> oh, stop.
0: He that. did. He, he did. Never did he said really? that. Oh, God, he badmouthed yeah. you.
3: He did badmouth Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what do you want
0: to say about him? <laughs> now that he had his opportunity, oh, you should with, certainly. Uh, James oh, do that. Oh,
3: yeah. He <laughs> didn't do that.
0: He's such a gentleman. <laughs> no, he is. He did not. He said you were hard to live with, though. You were very difficult. <laughs> and you only. He said toward the end. My you only. kids are
3: listening. He said toward the end you didn't give him that much sex. No, no. No,
0: he did. He did. He said he only got it like two or three times a month, and he just couldn't take it anymore. Now, my okay, guess on James God. is that he probably started messing around with some groupies and stuff, and you caught him. Well, how... Um, are... How close am I? I could figure this whole thing out.
3: You can't. Well, I...
0: I how it, close it's, am I? It's, it's how, am I close? Just, just tell I'm me if I'm... I'm to stutter
3: again. Am, same same am I getting it warm? Am I getting warm? Yes. No, you're not. Uh, you're tell not. the truth. You know what? It was did you my catch fault. Him? Let's just say it was my fault. You were busy. You didn't go on tour. With you him. didn't pay attention to his needs. <laughs> you were caught up in your own fame. I didn't understand a lot of what I needed to understand. I was young, and what I did you need couldn't... to understand? Yeah, what's Tell me, teach us. I needed to have greater <laughs> yeah. understanding for what he was going through in his life.
2: He just goes for it. Oh,
1: he doesn't hold back at all and it's sweet how Carly is like you don't need to belittle him like she really even though she really has every right to Mm -hmm. belittle him she is so respectful of James and is defensive of him years later wow (laughs) why
2: is she being so kind and selfless like it's nice
1: and it's admirable, but no. She's so hard on herself. It yeah. was not her fault at not all. A, not at all. Not even remotely close. I think she did everything she could to keep that marriage alive. Yeah. Past the point of no return and <sighs> forgave a lot that, in my opinion, is unforgivable. And I I think Howard's ruin is so funny, but I was feeling really bad for her. I know. I feel really bad.
2: Ugh. But, I mean, she should have just... Said the. I mean, again, she doesn't want to Mm -hmm. talk badly about James, Um, but that's frustrating me. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, even in her memoir, where she's writing about James cheating on her, like obviously his actions are pretty bad, but she still speaks of him with the utmost kindness and love. And what the fuck? She's not willing to badmouth him at all. I mean, he is the father of her children, so Mm -hmm. I wonder if he really did say that to Howard Stern about. That's so mean. Her not so. sleeping with him enough. Like, why can't he reciprocate? I know. Oh. And honestly, two to three times a month isn't bad. I know. When that you're, that when you're your married. Recovery. Yeah,
2: two, three times a month. That's good. I mean, he's traveling all the time anyway. I know, exactly. I How mean, old are you at this point? I know.
1: <laughs>
2: two to three times a year, some people do.
1: Sometimes never. Yeah. So... Yeah. He's, he's got a problem. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, 2001, James Mary's Boston Symphony Orchestra director, Kim Smith. Dig, and they go on and have two sons Rufus and henry um they're still together to this day still wow. married to this woman in an interview later james says something like well when you love someone that's just what you do you just do the right thing and get married okay um <laughs> so just kind of weird because like he'd already been married twice before yeah. so i don't know if he's just doing that because he feels like it's the right thing to do but i'm
2: sorry i still can't over Still can't get over Howard Stern saying only gave him sex two or three times a month. I know. Yeah, I mean, he he does give the best interviews, but that is so
1: crossing a line. I know. Wait, do you, think, do you think that James really said it? I don't know. I do believe that James probably said that she was difficult to live with. Yeah. I don't think he said this in an on-air interview, though. <laughs> it must have been off the record
2: and like does he know howard stern a little bit or like was this the first time they met and he just said that i like, know yeah well you know she's hard to live with him and she doesn't put out that easily. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i bet
2: howard stern just is inferring that yeah exactly He's making it up.
1: i mean he probably put the words in james's mouth i'm <laughs> yeah. guessing how many times did you sleep together <laughs> <laughs> four times a month six times a month Two, three times a month. <laughs> yeah. Two, three, okay, you said two, three. I bet, <laughs> I bet. Probably, he does that. Yeah. yeah, that's probably how it went yeah. down. Yeah, all right. I love how yeah. uh, Howard Stern kept clapping to himself, too, after he <laughs> said something like, you need a real man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was he trying to say himself?
2: Yeah. He's like, you need a real shock job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're you? A,
1: yeah, you're a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my God! He can't hold (laughs) back. He's so
1: funny. He he feels that way for Kristen Stewart too. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: (laughs) Carly (laughs) Simon, in a way, kind of reminds me of Miley Cyrus for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Or I guess Miley reminds me of Carly Simon. I feel like you know, with their haircut now too, and yeah, yeah. I don't see it yet, but I'll keep my eyes open. There's like a
2: huskiness
1: (laughs) in the voice. Yeah, keep Mm -hmm. your eyes open. So Carly actually remained a lifelong friend with James's brother, Livingston Taylor. Livingston? Yeah, and they collaborate on music together all the time and attend events together for each other. And in 2002, they even released a duet titled Best of Friends. This is what?
2: James's brother. What? That's crazy. Yeah, and,
1: like, if you go on, like, Livingston's Instagram page, like, all the time he calls Carly, like, my dear, beautiful friend. Interesting. And it's just interesting because James doesn't communicate with Carly at all. He's yeah. cut her completely. How is that possible? I
2: know. That's very nice. They have this beautiful friendship. I can imagine that being annoying maybe for James. Like, he sees his brother at family party or whatever, Christmas, and it's like... You're hanging out with my ex-wife all the time? I know, exactly. I mean, it is sad, though, when people break up and they are supposed to, like, not see the other people
1: in their ex's lives anymore, so... Mm -hmm. I know. Even in 2020, during, like, the lockdown stuff, Livingston did a little online concert of Carly's (laughs) music, and when he's starting it, he's describing her... My old and beautiful friend, Carly. Son, in <laughs> love with her. I know, maybe. My old and beautiful friend. It's just so interesting because. I, I, hate it. I know. Me too. Actually, he looks a lot like James. I don't know as if well. he's married or whatever. I but, think he might be, uh. but Carly has so much love and respect too for the Taylor family. So it's mm. really only James that has cut her out. I feel like his whole family loved her too. Um, in 2002, also, Carly is interviewed on CBS Sunday morning and reveals that James gets mad whenever she talks about him in the press. Oh,
3: really? hmm You have to know that even after all this time, people are still interested in you and James Taylor. I am not allowed to talk about it by James. Uh, every time I talk about this a subject, I get a lot of grief from James, who doesn't, really like to acknowledge that he has a past
1: wow mm-hmm. okay i know it's kind of interesting that like she didn't say to like her publicist or something beforehand like oh james is off the table yeah, yeah, or anything yeah. she kind of did want us to know that like james is forbidding her oh my god we're talking about their relationship oh, is he pissed about this memoir
2: actually no oh
1: um later on James let's see he releases and I'll just skip ahead to your point um okay. in 2020 James actually releases an audiobook about the first 21 years of his life so conveniently carly just
2: an audiobook
1: mm-hmm yep how does that work I don't know no book component no it's just an audio <laughs> okay so he must have written it down somewhere and then just read it but you can't read it yourself okay i don't know why maybe it's just like cheaper that they don't have to print it <laughs> um and carly's excluded besides a brief mention of when he met her at 14 years old in martha's vineyard um and he says about her Whoa. memoir I think she's been pretty kind to me, and that's certainly her story to tell. Maybe she got better offers, or maybe they were more compelling somehow. One should be free to be oneself and not the prosecuting attorney in the defense. It would be hard for me. I don't really know. it would be hard for him? I don't know. Like, Hmm. hard for him to tell his side of the story? But doesn't he have
2: a book that you read?
1: Well, it's, it's about him. That's a biography oh, okay. about him, which was written um, with interviews from his family, but he didn't um, write it himself. Okay, okay. And that one is a little less, like, revealing. It kind of mostly walks through his career. Oh, okay. Boring. Was Carly even mentioned at Yeah, all? she was mentioned. Okay. And she was interviewed for that book as well, actually. Oh. So she participated in the writing of it. Cool. I know. Was it after they broke up? Mm-hmm. Oh okay.
2: Oh that's nice.
1: Yeah. Um, two thousand seven Carly along with her kids Ben and Sally sing a cover of James's song You Can Close Your Eyes on her album Into White, and then mm. they appear on Oprah and she says that she decided to cover that song because he's one of the great songwriters of all time. Oh I know. She still loves him. Um, in 2010, James is interviewed uh, and makes a rare comment about Carly. This is a part of 730 Report.
0: You're reluctant to talk about your first wife, Carly Simon, which I'll respect, but but can we talk for a moment about your music together? Because sure. for a time there, you were America's, indeed much of the world's, favorite singer-songwriter couple. Oh, no, I'm happy to talk about Carly. Mm. Um, um, How important was that part of your life? It must have been very well. You know, consuming at the time. It was, and uh, but it was a very public marriage and a very uh, you know. For me, it was just premature. You know, I had no business uh, making that. You know, it amazes me that people get married at the age of in their twenties at all. You know, I mean, what do you know? Very and, little. Uh, no, it was just. It, it was sort of it was kind of doomed. I mean, really, it was just, uh, I, I, I was unfit to be a, a, a husband and father. And, um, we. That's a very, must be a very tough thing to say and to acknowledge. Yeah, no, it's not hard to say it. It's just patently true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, he had his struggles with, Mental health and drugs and alcohol for his early 20s. And yeah. I don't think he was even really clean by the time he got married and had kids. So it obviously was not the best time for that type of commitment.
2: It's pretty chill and zen of mm-hmm. him to say it like that. Just, it's not hard to say. Just, it's true. I mm-hmm. wasn't fit for
1: it. No, I wasn't. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I don't know his face when he says like no I'm happy to talk about Carly like I feel like it tells many stories yeah there. I know <sighs> I do think he was quite sad about the end of the relationship though like I do think he really did love Carly
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and maybe the reason he doesn't talk to her anymore is because he can't really face like his own guilt about that relationship ending
2: yeah I think that happens a lot hmm
1: I know. I'm
2: heartbroken.
1: So almost to the end. So 2015 is when this book actually came out. Oh. And so in this book, Carly actually reveals that she still lives at their home in Martha's Vineyard. Really. Mm Mm-hmm. And she even still sleeps in the same bed that they once shared. Wow. And she still has a lot of James's belongings just up in the house and hasn't even changed the living room much since they lived together Mm. and these are a few comments that carly made in the memoir about her feelings about james um in 2015 she says because no matter how many years have gone by james for me will always be a big part of what i call home Hmm. She also says, Today, James would likely forget a good many things I remember being flooded with color, just as he might also recall sunlight on days that for me were gray and dimly lit. Whatever he thinks of me today, I dare say it's slightly less damning than the way I see myself through his absent eyes.
2: Oh my gosh. I know. That is sad. Um. It's
1: Jill- so true. It's I so know, true. I know. I
2: hate that.
1: She's a beautiful writer. She says... She is. When James walked into a room, any room, he transformed it, charging it up with his radiance, his message of, I'm just passing through, but while I'm here, it's the night before Christmas. Thinking about it now, many years later, I can still feel the, oh, dear, sweet Jesus, he's here, James is here feeling, and that's all there is to it. Oh, my God. I know that is love. Seriously, it's so beautiful. Wow. Yeah, like even oh, dear, Jesus. even though James isn't in her life anymore, when she still feels a radiance in the room as magical as Christmas, it reminds her of James. <sighs> All these years later, after everything, I'm gonna cry. Mm-hmm. She also says, I've stopped trying to stop loving. The heart may be broken, but brokenness doesn't stop it from loving. How can you not love a person whose genes are in the two people, your children, you love most in the world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's
2: sweet. totally human and very mm-hmm. normal to still love who you used to be with, you know? Even if they really hurt you mm-hmm. and you're not together anymore, you know? Like, how can... uh, I just always struggle. Like, how can it go from being so in love to, like, nothing or to hate, you know?
1: I agree. And I also think that forcing yourself to not love somebody who you loved a lot just for the sake of moving on with your life doesn't really make you stop loving them. Yeah. It's not going to make it any easier. It just is repressing that feeling. And so, like, it's okay to still love somebody but to, like, not be together. Yeah. Like, it's okay I don't know, maybe this is speaking to somebody that's (laughs) hearing this and going through it, but you can sit with that and still feel those feelings of love, and that doesn't mean that you have to do anything about it or to get back with that person, but it's just okay. And I like how Carly has accepted that, that she doesn't need to make herself not love James. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. She also makes several comments about him in the press, and she actually tells The Times that James forbids their kids from sharing his phone number with her.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. She can't have his phone number? Mm-hmm. I thought she wasn't supposed to talk about them. <laughs> I know. She's talking about but them. But <laughs> also, like, he doesn't control her he doesn't own her no you know know,
1: carly you talk about him as much as you
2: want you know even if he requested
1: that she doesn't have to say yes i know exactly he can't forbid her from doing anything i mean if he wouldn't stop himself from cheating on her with evie yeah and others getting gonorrhea (laughs) when she was pregnant then she can do whatever the fuck she wants Mm -hmm. i know But wow, that's crazy. She can't have his phone number. Mm -hmm. Um, Damn. Yeah. 2021, actually. So basically the president, Carly, is asked about her relationship again with James Taylor. She's constantly asked about (laughs) this. And this is her response.
0: What's the relationship with James Taylor now?
3: I don't speak to him. He never comes here. He doesn't even come to Ben's house, which is right down down the drive.
0: Your son's house?
3: Yeah. He doesn't... um, he doesn't feel at home on the island he He recently said to somebody, "It's her island. it's not my island anymore." The relationship is a pest. It's a pest for him on one level and it's a pest for me on an, on another level but i'm I'm saying let's let's put on some lotion that's going that's gonna help us. We've got to because we're both public figures. The world knows both of us or some of the world knows both of us, some knows. What would you do? What would you do if you were presented with this problem? I'm not sure. I am sure that I'm glad I don't have this problem. I am too. I love
2: that she asked the interviewer. I know. What would you
1: do? What would you do? That's a conversation with Dan Rather um, on AXS a- a- TV. Okay. It seems like he wasn't expecting that. I know. I'm not sure. I'm really thankful. I don't have that problem. What if he did have that problem? Yeah. Well, with my wife.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. He won't
2: even visit Ben. I
1: know. So, I know. this is
2: Martha's Vineyard they're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's
1: sad. He used to love Martha's Vineyard. I know, and he doesn't even feel like it's home anymore. Oh, I know. It makes me really sad. I mean, they're getting older, too. They're in their 70s, and I really wow. wonder, like, No, life is short. Like, will there ever be reconciliation for the two of them? Can they ever be on speaking terms? Like, It's a pest. (gasps) So many years have passed, too. He's been married twice after her. She's been married before. Like, they have two kids. Two kids are grown adults. Yeah. I just don't understand, I think, why he still doesn't talk to her after all this time. Is it because he feels like his current wife would have a problem with it Mm.
2: this is one of these life questions i have it's like what what is it why is it that in romantic relationships it's so unlike any other relationship like Mm. for some reason you just can't well some people apparently can but like it's just it's it's you can't change it i know you know what i mean i'm like moving my hands around like going to From lovers to friends or just amicable family members or whatever. Like,
1: it's so hard for some reason. It's so unique. I was thinking that the other day. It's like, why is there this one relationship (laughs) that is just on such a different level as everything else? I know. And this thing that we're all, like, hungry for at the (laughs) same time. And it adds so much pressure to life at the same Mm -hmm. time. And it's just so intense. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't know what his deal is, though. He's getting getting older, I mean... I know. You could just try. I mean, like she's saying, like,
2: the lo- like lotion. Yeah. Therefore, like I know it sucks and it's hard, but just try.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a friend growing up. Her parents were divorced, but her dad would still go to every Christmas party at her house, and mm-hmm. her mom, um, you know, had a new boyfriend that they lived with, and they were just so amicable. Like, they... They really yeah. celebrated together. They would have dinners together. They were good friends after. And I'm sure that it took some time. But I feel like that's the ideal for divorced parents. And it makes me sad that some parents can't do that. I know. But that's, wow. yeah, that's their relationship. That's Carly Simon and no way. James Taylor. I was researching them for weeks. And weeks. I'm, you did I a hope, great job. Uh, Mel. I hope it came out okay. I was okay. so invested. Yeah,
2: I am like truly. Really, I was just living it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just went through a breakup, and now I'm 70 and still in love with my ex-husband. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I
1: think Carly's still it's sad. She still does love him, which is the part that makes oh. me really sad. And he's just he has such a coldness about him to. <sighs> Yeah, he doesn't want to acknowledge that he has a past. Wow. Likelihood that they'll get back together? <laughs> Wait, I do so know. is he still married? She's still married. Okay. I'm going to say it's probably zero, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll, like, at the end of his life, you know, realize that Curly <laughs> was the one all along. I do think he must yeah. – part of him probably still does love her if he refuses to speak to her. Yeah. Like, if you care that
2: much, mm-hmm. there's something there that – you don't want to acknowledge.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's been years. Yeah. They broke up in 1981. <laughs> okay. 40 years? Yeah. Yeah. 40 years ago. 40 years. And he still won't talk to her. <laughs> they have two kids together. Oh, my God. You'd think he would be over it by now.
2: It's truly incredible. I kind of love it in a way that humans can still care about something for like 40 years. I know, know.
1: seriously. I mean, I love that she hasn't even really changed the interior of their house all that much. I love that, too. She still sleeps in the same bed. I find it hard to believe that she is, like, this materialistic person. Oh, my God, me, too. She seems like such a hippie.
2: I don't get that. I don't see that. So is James, like, a super hippie or something? Like, to the next level? Like, he doesn't like possessions or something? No. Okay. I mean, they're both pretty rich. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure this out. And he grew up pretty wealthy as well. If she hasn't even changed the living room, she can't be that, you know, much of a shopper. Yeah,
1: I agree. (laughs) And I mean, she had the money to go shopping. Why is that an issue in their relationship? Her manicures. I know.
2: And she writes so beautifully and is so introspective. I just don't see her as this, like, material girl. No, Mm -hmm. I don't think so either.
1: And... When you try on shoes, you do look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. To Evie's point. I know. I, I think <laughs> Evie must have been like in her early 20s yeah. or something. How
2: can you not look in the mirror? I know, you seriously. Need to see what they look
1: like. Seriously. And there's nothing wrong with loving yourself and loving how you look. And no, she should love herself. Treating herself. I mean, it, it, she was taking care of the kids. She was a mom. Yeah. She should go get herself a manicure if she feels like it. I know. And also what the the, hell? the part of I think the part that would probably be like that's it for me is the part about her still nursing their son yeah. and how James had an issue with that and said he's going to grow up to be a fairy. Yeah. That, first of all, that's pretty homophobic. I know. But how also old was
2: the son, was he still young?
1: I think he was young, but I mean he had a lot of health problems yeah, too. She true. probably was nursing him because of Yeah. that and to give her to give him you know, some of her antibodies or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, here she is home with the kids doing all the parenting work. And he's <sighs> criticizing her about it. So
2: upsetting. Mm-hmm. What would you say, though, your percentage <laughs> of chance
1: that they'll get 5%. I'm yeah. going to give it a 5. Yeah, I would say, like, 5, to 5%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's 0 because... You I, never know. You never know, and I do think there are feelings there. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Oh my god. And I like that Carly to acknowledge, like, because we are public figures. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be on good terms. Like, they're always going to continue to be asked about this relationship. So
2: yeah, probably. It's the best
1: answer that oh yeah, we get along and we no bad feelings here.
2: Yeah, they are going to be asked about it forever. Okay, I need someone, maybe Howard Stern, sorry guys, mm-hmm. sorry. I need someone to
1: ask Kristen Stewart <laughs> these questions about Oh, Robert Penn. Oh my god, I'm I was, sorry guys. I, was, I know it's not related. But no, but I was thinking that too when I was reading this yeah. memoir. I need Kristen Stewart to write a book like this. Yes, oh my gosh. I need, I need to learn about the first time that Rob and Kristen slept together. <laughs> yes. I need to learn about the first time they... laid eyes on each other said i love you Mm -hmm. i need to know about the nitty-gritty breakup yeah i Mm -hmm. want about the day after the breakup i want to know if there was any rebound sex in there (laughs) this is this is our favorite couple guys yeah sorry. this is a couple that our podcast is inspired by i
2: just need someone to ask why is not howard asked this i need someone to ask do you get in touch with him? Do you, when's the last time you spoke to him? I know. You know I mean? Wait, that's a perfect. Why hasn't anyone said that? Yeah. I mean, I know. Well, that interview was recently, right? I mean, I guess they were married, but I know that people are yeah, like. last year. I feel like people are a little more respectful in interviews today. Maybe they feel uncomfortable or maybe they're not supposed to ask about it, but why hasn't anyone asked? About I know.
1: It? I mean, maybe because. James Taylor and Carly Simon have kids together. It seems yeah. like a safer question to ask. Whereas yeah. when a couple without <laughs> kids breaks up, it's assumed that they probably don't communicate. Yeah. Darn. Um, but someone know. Someone should have the balls to ask.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If you do it, I'll pay you fifty bucks. Yeah. Or Rob, but I feel like Rob wouldn't answer. No. Kristen but, is more likely to answer mm-hmm. the question for sure. Oh, Man. This yeah. is fascinating. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I should mention too that I feel like one of the, even when their marriage was rocky, they always had like a fire performing together. And that's like when Carly really felt James's love like almost the most strongly oh, is when really? they were on stage together. Yeah. And Carly's not really a performer. I think she said in one of these interviews she has bad stage fright. So um, she so rarely um, performs. That's so sweet. But mm-hmm. <sighs> she would with James.
2: Wow. I wonder if anything else will come out in the future, any uh, interviews. Sorry. I
1: don't know. I don't know. James, if you're listening, just give Carly a call. Yeah. You go to the vineyard, swim in the pool. Yeah. And then tell us what
2: happened. Yeah. <laughs> Is Carly with anybody? I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, I just love her look. Like, I think she still looks great. She's mm-hmm. just, I love her smile. Yeah. Mm. I wanted to say random news. Wait, wait, do you have anything more? Oh, I guess I had yeah. one more random okay. thing about Let's Carly.
1: Shippers of Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss oh. really clinked this couple, interestingly enough, because Taylor Swift was apparently named after uh, James Taylor. Wow. And Carly uh, Kloss was apparently named after Carly Simon. Why did
2: they spell it? Different. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So they really uh, identify with this couple.
2: Mm. That it's is kind of faded. Mm-hmm.
1: And Taylor Swift is a huge fan of both Carly Simon and James Taylor. She's on numerous records, numerous times said on record that she was inspired by their music and has even performed with the both of them. So I do oh, wonder if oh. yeah, I wonder if she's like said something to either wow. of them. Wow. About being obsessed with their ex. <laughs> hmm, it's a theory, but yeah, maybe Taylor
2: Swift will bring them together. Oh, maybe. Um, but what were you gonna say? Oh, just um, I I told you about this, but just you know a little weird connection that happened recently which I feel like keeps happening stuff um, that there was a video this is going to come out way later, but there was an interview that came out recently with Cara Delevingne, Mm. and apparently she's getting, I guess she didn't get it yet, but she's getting an Alanis Morissette tattoo and it's going to be Alanis's she wrote ironic like in her handwriting or something and Kara's gonna get that tattooed just crazy it's just weird we just cover them it's like interesting they connect it's so
1: weird I feel like so many of our couples keep overlapping
2: and I literally I just googled Kara Delevingne just to make sure I spelled her last name correctly um and then that I just saw that and I was like what that's so weird I feel like our podcast is like (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know
2: manifesting know. things because remember also I know this is our last podcast but we said Harry and um Meghan Markle should just quit being royals and then they and the- it did <laughs> like a week
1: later I know So, yeah, Kristen Stewart, you should write a memoir, tell all. Yes. um, She should. Share the juicy details like Carly Simon did. I
2: feel like she writes things sometimes, right? Like she has written scripts and stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm sure she has journals. And she actually does have a short film, apparently, that was inspired by her breakup with Rob, which we have not watched. (laughs) We're going to. Yeah, one of these days, (laughs)
2: but. I don't know what it is. Sometimes you just never get around to things that you want to do. Yeah, those things, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't even take that much time, it just...
1: I don't know. Isn't that the beautiful thing of life, that there's so many things that you want to do and not enough time to do them? I know. Well, I guess I don't know. Is it beautiful? It is. It is. Yeah, it is, because we're not, like... <laughs> bored out of
2: our minds. Exactly. Like There is always something to, to do, do. Yeah. if you think about it, Yeah. if you set your mind to it. Yeah. Oh, wow! Not three hours. Same. This guys. We thought. I thought John Yoko was gonna be three hours. It was like two hours. Mhm.
1: And then we thought that Alanis Morissette and Dave Collier would be like a half hour, and it was. Yeah, like an hour 15 or something. (laughs) Yeah. I was
2: afraid it was going to be like 20 minutes. (laughs) And I know that's like not a bad thing, but I just would have felt a little bit like a delinquent or something, like that I showed up with. (laughs) Nothing prepared. So little to say, but it actually turned out to be more than I thought. Yeah, that's funny.
1: Well, I'll tease our next episode. It is a little bit more present day. Um, It involves a breakup between... I was going to totally give it away between... It's a little bit more present day. It's about the breakup of a well-known comedian Mm. and his wife. You probably already know what this is. But our next episode, it left me feeling so heartbroken that I literally felt sick to my stomach. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tearjerker, but one that you might be interested in. We
2: can all cry together.
1: oh yeah and also in this relationship it's probably obvious but who do you blame oh yeah oh completely blame james taylor
2: <laughs> i'm so stupid that i thought you're so vain was like about him so then from the beginning i was like oh I
3: yeah i blamed what? him from the get-go no
2: actually nothing to do with him <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you taught me that
1: but yeah you guys should listen to we're so close by carly simon it's so beautiful listen to there we are by james taylor um and i highly encourage you to also read carly's memoir boys and trees it's beautifully written i feel like there's so many things that i didn't even get to convey especially about them falling in love and how much she loved him Mm, um so i want to read it yeah i have it right here to get um, home with you, and that's it. Thank you guys for listening so much. I don't want to end it. I know. <sighs> Thank you, Mel. Thank it was you. A beautiful episode. Yeah, one of our listeners suggested that we end with Guys, it's not you, it's me, <laughs> it's not you, it's us. I love it. I love the suggestion, but I
2: don't know. I don't, it makes me feel like we're breaking up. I know. <laughs> I know. It's not, I guess, it is the end of the episode. Yeah, but. We'll get back together next week. Oh, yep. Yeah. I like that. We'll get back together <laughs> next week.
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe that can be our tagline. <laughs> yeah, we love you guys. Is
0: your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back
3: again? Tell me, dear,
0: how-